Hey, everybody, welcome to the Asian Americans. Hope you're staying safe and hope you're staying well. It is July 10th and want to share with you a conversation we had last week with some amazing friends involved with the U.S. Census. We're joined today in our conversation by Jenny Aramoni and Kaveh Mossman Safi, both of the U.S. Census, and Gloria Wong Schaber of TDWN Co., who is handling all the communications efforts for the 2020 Census for Asian and Asian American audiences. want to uh, give a big shout out to Henry Hahn, also of TDW and Co., who's been instrumental in bringing us together for this conversation. And as you're listening to it, uh, we hope you get a chance to get to know Jenny, Kaveh, and Gloria a little bit better, but also realize the importance of filling out the census, not just for ourselves, but encouraging our family and friends to do so. You can fill out the census all the way through October, but if you have a few minutes today, I highly encourage you to do so. I did it myself a couple of weeks ago, and it just took me 20 or four minutes, rather, for the 2020 census. So I encourage you to do so. Thanks for tuning in. And here now is a conversation that we had about the census. All right. Welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Um, it is the end of June, uh, June 30th, as we wrap up Pride Month. And as we wrap up uh, June 2020, which um, what what more can we say uh, that hasn't been said already about the challenges that we've collectively had this month um, as as a country, as a community, um, as Asian Americans and as humans globally. And as, as challenging as it has been, um, as challenging as it has been for a lot of us, I, I do hope that this is a turning point that we can look back to and say June 2020, that's the month that we decided to uh, change the direction of our country, the direction of humanity, um, and to admit our wrongs of our past as a country, as a community, and without, and perhaps a little bit of guilt, I, I think that's true, but commit to being better, um, commit to having discussions and to admitting the things that we messed up on. Um, Asian Americans, we are definitely not... Uh, free of guilt in some of the things that we are talking about in, in terms of the movement for Black Lives Matter and some of the um, just we have to admit our own faults, too. So and as, as we look forward to how we can craft the story and the communities that we desperately deserve and want to have in our own communities and in America in general, um, the census, which is a very um, weird, I admit, an interesting way for the government uh to count us and to uh, divvy up resources. I guess that's the very high level. Um, and, and so I wanted to share this time and I wanted it to be here in June um, for us to close out the month. And we're a couple of days away from the actual midpoint of 2020. Um, and so I, I hope the second half of the year is um, a little bit more positive and uh, um, less chaotic than the first half. And one of the ways that we can ensure um, that our community's voices are heard, and not just the Asian American community, Asian American community, but the communities in which we live, to make sure that the resources that we desperately seek are divvied up properly and that we get counted and that we have representation in the government of the people that actually care about us. Um, it is a census. And while, while I joked about its, its odd format and its you know system in which we have to operate, um, it is the only way right now, one of the only ways, in addition to voting, um, that we can make sure that we are counted, um, 
And the census is done every 10 years. So it is even more important that when we do it, that we have to be counted, counting ourselves. Um, and, and so today I am so excited and honored to have a discussion with APA leaders from the U.S. Census Bureau itself and other community leaders who have dedicated a lot of our time, energy, and, and resources um, to making sure that our community knows about the census, knows how to fill it out, and, and explain why for a demographic and a community that is often so uh, touted or not touted, but as, as, as um, you know, spoken as quiet and unspoken and just subservient, that this is a way that we need to make our voices heard. Um, and this is a part of our civic duty as Americans to ensure that um, our, our voices are heard. So uh, without further ado, I am so excited to um, introduce our three guests today. Um, from the U.S. Census Bureau, we have Jenny Aramoni and Kaveh Masman Safi, and from TDW and Co., who is leading the communications efforts for the Asian American market. For the U.S. Census, we have Gloria Wong Schauber. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. Hi, thanks for having us. Hi, Jerry. We'll and audience. Hi. Um, <laughs> we've gotten to know each other uh, throughout this process and had a little bit of time to chat over the last um, you know, half an hour or so leading up to this show. And I am really excited to have this discussion because the census, because it happens so infrequently, I think it's one of these things that people, it's not on people's mind, top of mind, of course. And every 10 years, we get this media blitz of fill out the census, fill out the census. And I think it's important to share with the audience and our community sort of the reasons, the why and the how of it, because as we all know, um, this is sort of the, you got to teach some out, somebody how to fish before you just give them the fish, because if you just tell them to fill it out without understanding why it is, I think it can, um, we need we need people to understand. But before we get there, um, I want to thank you guys for making time and space to have this discussion with us. And we want to get to know you uh, before we talk about the census. So um, Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, welcome. Tell us a little bit about you, your background, where you're uh, dialing in from today, and share with us a little bit about Jenny. Okay. So again, my name is Jenny Amoni. Um, thanks for having us. This is my first time doing this. I am located in Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia. Um, a little bit about, about me. I've been with the Census Bureau for over 10 years. My current role is to enlist and engage um, with national level organizations to support the 2020 Census and to encourage the audiences especially the Asian Americans and the hard to count communities to respond to the census. And before this, I was working as a statistician on business data. Uh, my background is that I was born in Vietnam and I migrated to the U.S. in 1994. Thank, thank you and welcome. Kaveh, let's go to you and say hello to Kaveh. Hi, thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me today. So. Um, my name is Kavi Safi, and I'm the branch chief of the Congressional Affairs Office um, for the Office of Congressional and Intergovernmental Affairs at the Census Bureau. Um, and I'm also the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Portfolio Manager for the National Partnership Program. So I, like Jenny, um, work with organizations that are Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders. Um, I am Native Hawaiian, and I am Pacific Islander by marriage. My husband is Tongan. Um, so in our home, we speak um, English, but we are using this extra time at home to teach our kids both the basics of Hawaiian and Tongan. So yeah, just thanks for having me today. Awesome. Thank you and welcome. And mm -hmm. Gloria, welcome and share with us a bit about you. Hi. Uh, as Jerry said, my name is Gloria Wong Schaber. 
I am with TDW, not the U.S. Census Bureau, but uh, TDW is one of the contractors engaged by the Census Bureau to work on the uh, communications campaign for 2020. Um, so basically, we are the expert in all things Asian American for the census, and that includes developing many of the ads that you've seen in Asian languages. That includes um, reaching out to Asian language media partners. And of course, that includes working with Asian partners such as Dear Asian Americans. So we work very, very closely with Jenny um, on outreach to organizations and corporations, including nonprofits that may be good partners for the 2020 census. Um, I'm an ABC. Uh, I speak fluent Mandarin, cannot read or write to the chagrin of my parents. Um, and I live in Seattle with my husband, two kids, but I am from the Bay Area. Awesome. Welcome. And if you're joining us on Facebook and you're watching this video, and if you can, uh, put in the comment section where you're joining us from. We'd love to know where people are dialing in from. And if you're getting a glimpse of this and you can't stay with us on Facebook uh, live for the entire hour, um, I don't know, because of work, kids, or life, um, we will get this audio and video up onto our normal Dear Asian Americans podcast and video channels um, later in the week. So uh, don't feel pressured to stay if you have other important things to do. Um, you can listen to this conversation at a later time. Um, let's learn about the census um, just more holistically, just top level. Um, Jenny, I'd love to ask you to share with us what is, so if nobody, somebody had just immigrated to the States yesterday or was born yesterday, what is the census? How would you explain that? To, how would you explain the census to somebody and why it is so important that we do fill that out every 10 years? Okay, um, so really the simple answer is that the government needs to know the complete count uh, from the census to in order to allocate the federal funding. And that's the federal tax dollars that we pay um, that's going to go back to your communities. And the federal funds are allocated to the states, to the local government, school districts, nonprofits, and grant applications, businesses, and so much more. Um, if your family, um, if you guys are counted, um, the, your communities will get that fair share. Um, so the Constitution is required by our Constitution. Um, it occurs only once every 10 years. So meaning we only have this one opportunity to make um, it count. And we want to count everyone once and only once and in the right place. So um, yeah, participating um, is in everyone's best interest because of the information that is used by decision makers to determine where the money is going. And it's over $675 billion at stake. Um, it's also about power. The AAPI community uh, needs to be represented. If the government doesn't know how many of us are out there, the state and local government would not know where to put, say, ESL classes in schools or where to have medical translators. Um, businesses also use our data. Um, if you're a foodie like me, um, every city I go to, I look at where the best restaurants to go to and particular Vietnamese restaurants. Um, so if you know we know where AAPIs are living, that could mean more Asian restaurants and supermarkets. Awesome. Uh, I have a question on the count. And so we count and it is a opt in system, right? So the government and the Census Bureau does their part in encouraging it with, with follow up. And if you haven't filled yours out yet, you're probably getting multiple mailers. You're seeing the ads. You're listening to discussions like this. Um, is the denominator of the funds is the denominator of the equation that's used to distribute the funds based on the people who all opt in or. What are some of the ways that people, or I guess the, the question is, 
if you're not filling it out, you're left out of getting equal representation on the funding end. Um, what what are some ways that the government, knowing that it's not, we're not going to get 100% participation rates, um, what are the, some of the ways that the Bureau adjusts the numbers to make sure that the funding is then distributed fairly? Did I'll ask you a question. Yeah, oh. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'll start, but I think Jenny, you know, given her background yeah. as a statistician, can weigh in from experience. I um, yeah, I mean, my understanding is that the Census Bureau does model and take into account administrative records provided by other government mm. agencies, um, like driver's licenses, like, um, you know, what they can get from immigration and customs. Um, however, accuracy is extremely important. So, um, Modeling is fine to fill in numbers, but it, it, it's it's not going to really tell you what is true, right? And, right. and we can only get what is true by self-response. Um, Jenny, do you have any insight to share based on your years of working in statistics? Um, so I know when you mentioned administrative records, that's a good point. Um, so we do take other agencies' records to compare to what we have for the self-response and fill in the missing blanks as much as we can. And um, the communities that are really hard to count, you know, the Asian Americans and AAPI, that's where the administrative records will be kind of uh, hard to use. So I think that's where like we come in as national partnership specialists to engage with trusted voices like you guys to help us get out the message. Right. Because, you know, administrative is only as good as people filing out the taxes, you know, and, not, and we know not everyone is filing the taxes. So, yeah, we need you guys to help us to spread that message. Um, we need church leaders. We need the nonprofits that are working with immigrants to tell them about why it's important. It's safe. It's easy and it's important. And the money does go back to the communities. Awesome. Th thank you for that clarification. I, I just think, you know, it was something that I was it's. And then because my ultimate curiosity or what I think a lot of people want to know is the census is, does the census have a relationship to citizenship? And is it something that anybody can fill out? Um, issues like immigration, um, undocumented uh, people and DACA recipients are a large, not a large, but a significant portion of our community that impacts our community financially, um, emotionally, socially. Um, share with us your thoughts. Um, we'll, we'll go to Jenny and then to Kaveh on this one as well. Um, who can fill out the census? And if somebody is a little bit apprehensive about sharing information, what are some of the things that you can share with those people? So first, uh, anyone living in the US as of April 1st, 2020 um, can fill out the census, ensure to fill out the census. And we don't ask any questions about um, your um, citizenship status. So it doesn't matter you know, where you are um, in that process. Um, as long as you're living here using our resources, you should be counted. And, and Kaveh, um, question for you and, and in particular, um, I, Jenny had mentioned, and if you filled out the census, you know that they don't, it does not ask you about your citizenship status or anything like that. But right. if you're undocumented, if you, you know, are not here legally, sharing any bit of information, whether or not you, you don't know, 
that that fear of sharing any bit of information with any government entity is very high and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do we do to comfort those people who have those fears and to stress the importance that they still should fill it out because the money does need to get divvied up so that they can have access to resources? Thanks, Jerry, for that question. So I think um, at the Census Bureau, um, just so you know, we take a lifetime oath to protect our data. And so any responses remain confidential. Um, Data collected can only be used for statistical purposes, and that is it. Um, Title 44 U.S. Code also allows the National Archives and Records Administrator to release records only after 72 years. So the next release is in 2022, and that's for the 1950 census. So. Really, really good insight because I, I do yeah. think you know it, it's a big fear, right? And the Asian American community, yeah. um, we're, we're not often talked about when it comes to DACA issues, undocumented or immigration issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other communities, unfortunately, who are largely or more largely impacted by uh, the administration or um, laws that like, come into play. Um, let's shift the discussion a little bit more specifically into our Jerry, community. May I yes, please. For a second. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Um, <laughs> So uh, just, you know, we all know that there is a great amount of fear in our communities, right? And um, that fear is not irrational. Um, We also know that, you know, thinking about our immigrant and refugee parents or friends, community members, that they may have um, differing uh, perceptions of government, different experiences with censuses back home. Um, different um, levels of trust with government. And we acknowledge that this is all uh, not irrational and this is all really important to to take into account. Um, But we wanna just sort of make it clear that the impacts of the census, of census data are so profound, so important that I'm just sort of thinking if I were someone who uh, came to the U.S. Um, undocumented. We, our parents are, you know, those people we know who came into the U.S. as immigrants, they came to the U.S. to make a better life for themselves and their children. And so one way to make a better life for yourself and your children is to participate in the census, is to be counted. Otherwise, if you're not counted, if you're not seen by these numbers, you're not going to get a seat for your child in the classroom at school. You're not going to um, be able to make sure that community services are are taking into account that your family is there. So we're just sort of hoping that this benefit is strongly considered by those who have this kind of fear. Thank you for sharing your perspectives. It's, um, as you mentioned, it's not an irrational fear. uh, the current state and the climate of um, the administration and some of the policies that are um, in, or have been introduced certainly don't make it any easier or more comfortable for those people, especially to want to um, make themselves visible in any regard. Um, but it is nice to hear that um, at, at some point um, people put in rules and um, laws and um, amendments in place to make sure that there is a, a wall between uh, what is rightfully a distribution of government resources and any immigration or any, um, you know, rules pertaining to that. Um, let, let's shift a little bit 
uh, let's focus in on our community. Um, Jenny, we'll start with you. Um, from, from a statistical perspective, over the last, you know, three or four um, times that we've taken the census, and, you know, as we know by now, it is every 10 years, and yet the Asian American community is by far uh, the most fluid and the most fast-growing uh, minority group in the state. Mm -hmm. uh, we still have fresh immigration that happens um, more, uh, I guess, at, at a more um, current pace than some of our other friends and other peers. Um, share with us a little bit of historical context on Asian Pacific, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander participation in the census um, from, from your perspective. Okay, yeah. That's a great question. So yes, uh, historically, the Census Bureau estimated that oh, about 16 million people were not counted in the 2010 census. And we know that we know now that Asian Americans are the fastest growing population in the nation. And the number of Asian Americans grew by more than 25 percent from 2010 to 2017. Um, there are about 22 Asian Americans um, and 1.6 million of Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders living in the U.S. Um, as of 2017. Then two-thirds of the Asian Americans were born abroad. Um, this is by far the largest share of any major racial demographic group. Um, so the goal of the 2020 census to reflect that the AAPI communities are indeed growing the fastest. Um, and yes, the AAPI population have been unaccounted for decades, putting our families and communities and neighborhoods at a disadvantage. Is there a trend um, from, let's say, 99 or 1990 to 2000, 2010 of the Asian-American uh, Asian AAPI demographics participation rates going up in any direction? Or um, what, what is your thought? What are your thoughts on are we doing a better job than we did 10 years ago or do we still need to continue to push? Um, no, we are. So for 2020 census, we actually created a national partnership program that Kavi and I are in right now. So we actually split out the Asian Americans and the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders to target better and how to get the message to these uh, groups. So yeah, we're doing that differently. And we are we are using contractors like Gloria and the, um, I can't, can't pronounce the other group, Kavi, um, the contract. Yes, yeah. that group. Um, so they are targeting the that, that group. Um, so yeah, we're doing very things very differently. We have in language, um, so you can be spot on online um, with in twelve different languages. Uh, that includes um, Vietnamese, Chinese, uh, uh, Tagalog, um, what am I? Korean, Japanese, um, and then we have you can call in as well in the same twelve languages. And we also am supporting um, fifty nine languages through video guides and um, print guides to help people fill out the census. So, and then we're targeting a lot of um, nonprofits and trusted voices like you guys um, to help us just get out there since people better hear from you guys than us from the government uh, employee. Well, thank you for that. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, uh, our, our audience, I just want to quickly shout out Sarah, who's watching from LA, Tony joining us from Orange County, and we have Darshan calling it all the way from Mumbai, India. So, um, wow. I don't know if Darshan can fill out the census, but if you are living here <laughs> in the States as of April 1st, 2020, go fill out that census because that's the date that actually matters. Um, so 
Tabe, I, I want to ask you specifically about the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander community. Um, mm -hmm. So Hawaii, obviously, are amazing, beautiful place to visit when we can. Yeah. Not right now, when we can. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the surrounding areas um, that make up the Pacific Islander um, region are, mm -hmm. you know, places like American Samoa and Guam yep. that are territories and um, non-states, basically. Um, how does the census affect that community? And what are some of the um, priorities for you in making sure mm -hmm. that our fellow citizens from those parts of America um, should and can voice their opinion or their voice uh, to make sure that they get counted for the census? So great question, Jerry. So I think just as like by way of culture, NHPIs are have always been navigators. They've always been wayfinders. They've always um, kind of migrated to different places, right? I think this census will be very interesting to see um, what what the 2020 census will be able to show us in terms of where our people are, right? Not only Native Hawaiians, not and like you said, like our brothers and sisters from the South Pacific. Um, in terms, you mentioned Guam and American Samoa. I wanted to kind of um, just call out those two places because we do, they have a census as well, but it's different from the stateside census. So they um, they get interviewed, in-person interviews um, to do the census, while stateside we have online by phone and by mail. Um, so it's a little different, but, they, but theirs is a more comprehensive census than um, the one provided in the states. There's a lot more questions, um, and that's why they, they tend to do them via interview. Um, so in terms of trying to get those populations counted, um, that's part of, like, like Jenny mentioned, I think that's part of our jobs, right? We're, we're going out and trying to get as many partners as we can so they can engage with those populations. Um, I think the one thing that has been really amazing, and Jenny kind of mentioned it, is this is the first time that we've had like a NHPI contractor as part of the paid media campaign. So I think that part, that piece is cr like crucial to kind of reaching our people, right? So I think that, um, and then also just kind of, you know, the Climacle group has done an amazing job. Um, they, they came up with some of the most creative ideas um, uh, you know, for the paid media campaign um, specifically. And like they had an ability to definitely directly reach into the community via one of the most important parts of our culture, which is music. So I think, you know, by them just, um, you know, doing the music video, by them doing a virtual concert, that that spoke volumes in terms of you know, getting NHPI voices to be part of census and encouraging our people to fill it out. So I think that's kind of my um, my take on that. But thanks for asking that question. It's so important. I, I think it's important, you know, as um, e even for me, you know, I when I created the show, um, mm -hmm. speaking from the perspective of a um, a straight male Korean American who immigrated here at the age of eight, mm -hmm. my definition of Asian American was very narrow and it took me a lot of time and learning and growth to understand that not everybody came on here on our own accord uh, right. but everybody has the same asian american experience as i do so it's been an eye-opening process for me and still going through it is what i mm -hmm. thought was opening my mind and broadening up the community to say all asian americans that's also not inclusive as well because 
uh, Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders didn't come to America. America came to them. And, yeah. you know, that's a very different perspective mm -hmm. on what it means to be an American, um, right. particularly those of our brothers and sisters in Hawaii. It's still recent. You know, it's not long ago. I think those of us who were born after the, you know, we were born into the 50 state system think that this, you know, system has been in place forever and ever and ever, but it's not true. And mm -hmm. I think, again, going back to the themes of June, where we have to admit America's, you know, real history, um, we also have to be very honest and understand that some of the territorial additions to America were not kind at heart or were not rooted in kindness of inclusivity. Mm -hmm. They were also um, done with, you know, military or other strategy in mind. So how does that impact the generations of people who used to live there, who still live there, and their viewpoints in wanting to participate in these systems like this, even as a census, as innocent as it may seem. And, and so to have somebody like you who is from the islands and understands the culture and language, um, I, I, I applaud the census for even having discussions like this, um, because I do think that at times it may seem, um, particularly with this administration, that it is one message for all of America and it just, just does not fit. Um, and, and so on that note, um, Gloria, questions on curiosity on my end on the census is for all Americans. And as Jenny mentioned, there are 12 languages in which you can, 12 Asian languages in which you can fill out the census. Um, as the, the communications uh, hub or um, as, as the team that is in charge of getting the word out to the community, um, share with us some of the things that are challenges to you in terms of the in-language part. And also, if you can give us a little bit of insight mm -hmm. on generational differences of participation, because um, we don't have any problem filling it out in English, but I don't know if all of our parents yep. do. Correct. Um, and, and this is a great question, Jerry. Um, what, what I actually wanted to talk about a little bit was just acknowledging how diverse and fragmented, even within Asian Americans, we are, right? Um, there's language, there's as you mentioned, generational differences, there's uh, different immigration experiences, there's different reasons for being here, different statuses. And so if you're talking about Asian Americans, we are you know, lumped together uh, quite a bit, but we are a very, very complex group of people. Um, so for purposes of uh, 2020 census work, um, we're working, as Jenny mentioned, in Chinese, and that includes simplified traditional, that includes Mandarin Cantonese. We're working in Japanese, we're working in Korean, we're working in Vietnamese, and we're working with Filipino audiences in Tagalog or Taglish. Um, and that's, those are the official five Asian languages of the census questionnaire and most of our outreach work. But of course, that doesn't begin to cover all the other languages that are out there. Um, so we acknowledge that there are limitations to our work. Um, but you know what, this is something, <laughs> this is a beginning. Um, and uh, so, so going into what we're doing to reach these audiences, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're developing advertising that you have undoubtedly seen if you consume Asian language media on uh, TV, in newspapers, on the radio. Um, I remember I, I was at um, my local 99 ranch around January 20th and we were checking out and I lifted up my head and I saw one of our ads and I 
kind of screamed with excitement, scaring everybody around me. And I had to take a screenshot and send it to my coworkers. So you'll see our advertising in eight, uh, ethnic uh, markets. And you have probably since January. So that's just one component. Um, so that's the, the advertising is part of the paid media campaign. Um, we also work directly with Asian language media in media relations. So that is press releases, articles, interviews, um, Asian language uh, uh, press briefings that we've um, executed several of so far. Um, as we also talked about, we work with Asian language partners um, and uh, English language partners that reach Asian audiences. Um, we also um, just, you know, as I mentioned before, it's, it's all things Asian American. So uh, whether it's, um, you know, providing Asian American community leaders and um, everyday people to be part of a video. Uh, we handle that. We handle translation of fact sheets and posters. Um, just you name it, everything for census communications Asian is, is us. Um, but I do want to mention and um, definitely would like Jenny and Kaveh to chime in here that uh, within um, the overall US population, there is a focus on hard to count. Um, and for Asian, our hard to count includes immigrants and refugees. It includes non-English speakers. So um, you'll see that TEW's work is focused on Asian language advertising versus English language advertising that targets Asians. Um, you know, there's, there's also within hard to count, there's also people who are experiencing homelessness, um, people who do not live in traditional housing units. Um, there's also young children. There's also um, young, young and mobile, which includes college students. So you'll just find that um, all of the uh, marketing um, agencies that work within this team of contractors, we do focus on specific hard to count audiences that fit within our um, sort of uh, audience of focus. Um, Jenny and Kaveh, did you want to say anything else about hard to count audiences? I was going to mention um, the study that we did in 2018, the 2020 census barriers, attitudes, and motivators survey. Um, it's also known as C-SPAM. Um, so this data was collected um, with over 17,000 respondents and about 1,000 worth Asian Americans. And we asked a lot of questions about how likely they're going to fill out the census. And Asian Americans were the least likely of any racial group to um, to respond that they intended to complete the form. And um, only 55% of Asian Americans say they were extremely or very likely to fill out the census compared to 69% of whites, 69% of whites, 65% of Latinos, and 64% of blacks. And some of the uh, other alarming findings that uh, included APIs expressed that they were the least familiar with the census and would most likely uh, to say that the answers to the census will be used against them. Um, that is about 41% of Asian Americans that express the concern compared to 16% of whites, 35% of blacks, and 32% of Latinos. So for Asian Americans, there is a general lack of knowledge uh, about the census scope and purpose and constitutional foundation. And, and Asian Americans, uh, Immigrated uh, immigration immigrants um, arriving, you know, within the last ten years, they have very little or no prior experience with um, any census, especially if they're coming from a country that doesn't even have their own census. 
So I'll chime in a little bit too. Um, so for NHPIs, we do have similar um, challenges as well. Like we do have those who are anti-government and we have those that just don't participate because they might be dealing with other things in their lives right now. Um, and we understand that. But I think, um, you know, just kind of trying to, um, I think the CBAMS uh, study was, was important to kind of figure out how different populations respond and what they respond to. Um, I think for ours, um, you know, it was interesting to see that, you know, people want to report their racial groups. Like they want to, they want to let everyone know that we're here. And I think, and, and I think it's time for us to let people know that we're here. You know, I, I think it's, it's time that we, you know, shared our voice that, you know, we want to be seen, we want to be heard and we want to tell our story. So I think, um, you know, that's just something I wanted to kind of say and, um, and kind of loop it back towards partnerships, just because I think, I think some of our partner organizations are doing tremendous work as well. I, for for NHPIs, unfortunately, we don't have any NHPI um, languages um, supported on the Census Bureau side, but our partners are doing phenomenal work to make sure th these materials are translated into, you know, Tongan, Samoan, um, Marshallese, like, and and that has been a tremendous help for us. I think. I think it's it's also shown that. Um, you know, this is something that we can all rally around. Like it's something everyone can participate in. So I think that's helped tremendously as well. <laughs> and I wanted to also, Jerry, I think one of the, the questions you had asked a couple of questions ago was, how are we doing <clears throat> in 2020 versus 2010? Um, the Census Bureau isn't reporting how Asians are doing. Um, they don't have that information yet. But if you uh, Google, um, 2020 census response rates, you can see how your city, your county, and your state mm. is doing and compare that against 2010. We have seen other publicly available resources analyzing um, what they believe Asian response rates are. Uh, census Bureau will not, you know, <laughs> share those, but I think if you wanted to find those, you could. But there's definitely no information yet about actual, you know, response rates from Chinese um, people, for example. But it, it's really fascinating. And I think if you're a little bit competitive like me, you might go on to um, the website and say, oh, Seattle's doing great. How about this city that my coworker lives in or this city that my parents live in? Um, and, you know, maybe use it to challenge someone you know about how, how their city is doing. I just started looking for my city here. Um, California, <laughs> so on average, the national average mm -hmm. right now is about 61%. Um, so is, is that typical for us to be in? Actually, I know what the answer is. So I'll rephrase my answer. So 2020 has also changed the way that we count census. Because a lot of the work that the Census Bureau does on the back end, on the secondary and tertiary attempts, were more in-person events. Not only awareness events, but also to encourage people and, and check in on people in person. Um, as Kaveh mentioned, that was the more the norm in the South Pacific Islands. Um, how has coronavirus, COVID-19, and, and some of the other things that make 2020 interesting, um, how has that changed the way that the Census Bureau approaches 
2020 census? Um, what are some of the deadlines that have been changed? And how has the sh uh, focus shifted to more of a virtual uh, platform completely versus the traditional in-person opportunities? Yeah, I'll start first. Um, yeah, no, this COVID thing, I don't think anyone saw this coming, but we did uh, extend our deadline. So you have um, stuff for self-response. You can you have until October 31st to self-respond online by phone or by mail. But we really don't want you guys to wait that, that far to respond because we're going to be sending out census takers in mid-August um, to knock on your doors to get the responses. So we're really encouraging everyone to self-respond as soon as possible so that we don't have to send out to census takers to, you know, keep everyone safe for their sake and, you know, our sake. And we're saving some tax dollars while we're at it. So self-responding is the best way right now for us. Um, so I'll chime in a little bit too. So we, as far as the national response rate goes, I think um, nationally it's a, you know, when it's a pretty good response rate. I think in 2010, as compared to 2010, I think in 2010, around this time, um, we were not uh, at the same level. Well, okay, so I'm gonna back it up a little bit. The NARFU, um, which is a non-response follow-up operation, uh, starts in of August. So we have a little bit more time. What's helped is that time because I think that's raised the response rates up a little um, as compared to when we started uh, the non-response follow-up back in 2010, which was, I think, a little bit before this time. So the response rates weren't up as high as they are now. So I think that's just something due to the fact that we have extra time, gives people a little bit more time to respond. I think um, we're in a good space, but that doesn't necessarily speak to um, the hard to count communities. We just wanna make sure that everyone is counted. And so I think this extra time will give us a little bit more time to outreach to those communities. I think it's, um, and it gives a little bit more time for people to get educated on the census. Um, and then Jerry, you know, COVID has been tough for census operations, of course. Um, at, from a partnerships perspective, um, we've been working with fantastic partners that have been able to shift their engagement strategies away from in-person, um, whether it's to virtual events like this one, um, whether it's uh, phone banking and text banking, we actually have a fair number of partners who took that on as an outreach effort. Um, and also we're working with um, several on the ground partners in cities across the country that are doing, frankly, really cool things like sending care packages to seniors, relationship building with people who are stuck at home with this phone banking, um, doing grocery and meal deliveries. And so Census is supporting those efforts, whether it's uh, with some funding, it's throwing in a uh, census flyer into yep, meal delivery. Yeah. It's um, making sure that when they call these seniors, asking them if they need filling, help filling out the census. So it's just uh, really shifting um, our strategy so that, so that these organizations are still serving their stakeholders and we're still able to support them and get census word, the, the word about census out there while they're doing so. Um, and like everybody was saying, um, you know, we've actually been able, or not we, but the Census Bureau has been able to extend the timeline for census where mm -hmm. um, originally census takers were going to go in the field starting in May. 
census was going to be over July 31st. Now that's all shifted. So census takers are going to be going in the field between July and August and everything's wrapping on October 31st. So that does benefit us. Um, I do wanna step back a little bit and mention though that the biggest difference between 2010 and 2020 is that this is the first census that's been pushed as um, online as a primary mode of response. And so that was already long in the works before COVID hit. And that's actually enabled the Census Bureau to get um, many more responses, I think, you know, alluding to what Kave was saying, um, at, at this point in time in 2010, or, or at this point in 2020 than they did in 2010. And so it's super easy to respond to the census. Um, you just go to the website, fill out re response, but there's still options. There's still phone, there's still the paper mm -hmm. questionnaire that Bill got in April. Um, sorry, my, sorry, sorry guys, my internet just uh, <laughs> dropped for a second. <laughs> um, but there's still um, phone, there's still mail. I think we lost her. Yeah. We, we lost Korea, so you can do um, it online. You know, still takers and, and, and so, look, the, the, the point isn't to wait until somebody knocks on your door, okay? Because, one, in 2020, that's not the safest thing in the world for people to be engaged in. And, mm -hmm. and two, it's not the cheapest thing in the world for the Census Bureau to have to take on the cost. No. So if you want to be a good citizen and save the government some money, uh, fill it out wherever you can. I, I even think there's tremendous amount of work resources and cost and um, everything else that goes into sending up the follow-up reminders, right? So um, I filled it out this morning. Um <laughs> Because I wanted Yay. to time myself. Uh, for our household, it took me four minutes. So, wow. In in the length of an average song, if you listen, mm -hmm. turn on a song, fill it out. It's very basic information. And again, as we mentioned, there's nothing more personal than who lives there, how old are they, and what race and ethnicity they are. Um, very simple. And ultimately, that's going to help bring in resources. I think particularly um, Asian American or not, some of the things that we see in America right now, we believe are effects or consequences of unfair distribution of resources, right? Money for schools, programs, after-school programs, uh, mental health services, police, all these things. Yes, it's good to protest. Yes, it's good to you know, make our voices heard, but this is an actual thing um, until we change the rules, this, these are the rules, and, and you have to participate. Um, the goal um, isn't, I, I guess the goal is 100%, although it's not a realistic goal. Um, and, you know, the population is ever-changing with people coming in and out every day. Um, from, from the Census Bureau perspective, um, Kaveh and Jenny, what, what, what is the goal for you guys internally, or what would make you guys um, not happy, but... What, what is enough for us to, because right now we're at 61%. We still have four months to go. Um, everybody is working across the board. Um, you know, a lot of money is being spent on, on efforts like this. Um, what, what is a percentage figure that would make 2020 census a success from the Bureau's perspective? 
So we don't have a number that we would call successful, but I mean, we're striving to do so much better than we did in 2010 to count as many as people as we can. And, and we'll do a study a couple of years later to see what our undercount, what we, who we miss and all that. And we want that number to be very low. So, I mean, we just need all the partners that we have out there. We're working with over 300, um, three, over 300,000 national yeah. and local partners, just like you guys, um, that, that, that's helping us, you know, to spread that message. So we really need you guys to help us talk to your um, parents, your grandparents, help them. You know, I had to FaceTime with my mother um, in this time of COVID because I couldn't help her in face-to-face. <laughs> So I FaceTime her, you know, using the online response. So even in Vietnamese, there were still some parts that she didn't understand. So I had to translate that in basic Vietnamese to her. So yeah, you know, help out your parents, text your friends, just get the message out that it's important, it's easy. You can do it in four minutes. (laughs) And I will say as um, there is, and, and for folks who are, really amped right now if you want to jump on as you're watching this do it because you'll be done before we're done with this conversation <laughs> and and so one thing you might be is like ah oh, crap i opened the letter i remember there was a code i don't remember it all you need is actually your home address there is a way to verify it through there um and so that's another way that if you want to help coach your parents or other family members for whom internet access might not be as reliable for you um, who may have not who may not even gone out to the mailbox because they're afraid to go outside, rightfully so. For a number of different reasons, um, check in on your friends and your family. And if you need to help them walk them through the process, um, you need you don't need the actual code. There is a way as long as you know the address that they lived on on April 1st. And that's a very important date. Um, for a lot of you students that are listening, um, it is where you lived on April 1st. In normal world, that would have been likely your college dorm address. In a 20 year old, everybody already had been likely kicked out of their dorms and either on their way back home to their parents or somewhere else. So it is where you technically lived on April 1st that we count. Um, and also to make sure if you are a college student, your parents still might be under the mindset of you being independent of their household. So check in with them to make sure that. Um, there, there is a button to see if you've lived in multiple places, but just to have the conversation with them. Hey, did you list me under the occupants of your home where we where is home for us um, when you do the census? Um, it really is um, because you can put at home. Um, it's easier than voting. Um, and then so, you know, you don't have to wait in line for hours and hours. Uh, you don't get a sticker, though, which I think is, is a shame. Actually, <laughs> I got a I feel like a census sticker. Um, I can walk around proudly with it. Um, I want to thank you guys again for joining us on the show. Um, we're, we're wrapping up on the hour here. And um, I want to ask you guys, um, Jenny, you said you've been there a long time, 10 years. Um, Kaveh, you've been there as well. And then you're doing meaningful work that's important for your community. And, and Gloria, obviously, um, working with the census, you have to become the expert and you have to become the eyes and ears. And, and you've really um, dove into the subject matter so much. Um, what is something that drives you in your work and what is something that you learned about our community that you otherwise couldn't have but you learned it through your work through the census and, and we'll go in reverse order we'll go start to we'll go gloria cave and any 
Okay, well, hopefully talking about internet reliability, hopefully mine is reliable and I won't get cut off again. Um, and if I get cut off, someone can feel free to talk. Um, yeah, so um, we've been working on the 2020 census for about five years, believe it or not. So preparing for a census, take, it, it's many years in the making. And um, truly what is significant about this is as an advertising person, this is the first time and maybe one of the very few times that I'll get to do work that impacts everybody I know and myself on a daily basis. Um, I've used uh, this illustration before about the fact that from the moment you get up in the morning um, and may or may not walk out of your door these days, almost everything you touch is impacted by census data. You know, back when school was in session and online, online learning resources, school resources determined by census data. Um, if you're driving around, you'll see the condition of your roads and any improvements. That all has to do with census data. Uh, the number of H-marts and 99 ranches in your community, that data is used by businesses to decide where they want to open an H-mart and 99 ranch. Um, my late grandmother, the nursing home she stayed in, and the availability of resources to her in Mandarin, all tied to census data. And how often can I, as someone in advertising, say that we get to do work that this is that is this meaningful, foundational, deeply and broadly impactful? And, and it's really, really rare. Um, I think people in advertising are seen as you know we market corporations and profits, but this is just so unique and so. Um, like I said, so broadly and deeply impactful. Um, gosh, uh, what have I learned about the community? Um, I would say that, uh, as I was saying before, um, our community is so complex and in understanding um, the community's attitudes and barriers and motivators, referring back to <laughs> their, their attitudes and barriers and motiv motivators are really complex as well. So for us to learn how to address all of those things in our advertising and in our tactics, um, that's just overall been a really meaningful learning experience for me. Okay, so um, I, so Jerry, I came to the Census Bureau in 2015, around the same time Gloria started, you know, working on the campaign. Um, so, and not even knowing how much I would really learn in the next five years up until today, right? Um, for me, it's all about family. So it's pro both providing for my family and making sure that I set an example for my three boys. Um, and for them to follow in the future. Um, so I do have three boys and a husband and um, we did do the census online together. Um, and for us, it's also like an important, important way to tell our stories to future generations, I think. And so I think that's my personal connection. Um, in fact, I have a guest that I just wanted to introduce very quickly. This he, is he's been dad. walking by for the whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> he's been wanting to make a special appearance. <laughs> so he's been wanting to say hi. So this is Hafu, my seven-year-old. Um, but he, I mean, it's just so important. And it was like a fun activity that we did together. You know, we kind of did it together. It was, you know, all hands on deck. They each have their 2020 census shirt. They know how important 2020 census is because it's mom's 
you know, job. So, and, and they love, um, you know, they want to like, and uh, take your kids to work day with us. So it's just been a tremendous, like this has been my first agency job. Um, prior to this, I worked at the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, DC, and for Senator Inouye for about 12 and a half years. So it's definitely a different experience, but such a rewarding one. And so, I mean, just so excited that I can share it with my family. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so I'll go. Um, so data, I, as um, my background is in economics, so I love data and all the numbers. And census, we actually do do work uh, the other nine years. Uh, we have over 130 surveys and programs. And I worked on the business side of that, the economic census. Um, so I got a chance to learn of so much data that we have at census. And people don't even know that it's free. It's all online. You can find it anytime you want. Um, so yeah, I've been with Census for over 10 years, and, and I think back about when I came to America um, at seven, so of course I didn't know anything um, back then, Census didn't cross my mind, and, but there were a lot of resources for my family. Um, so I think back, knowing that there were all these resources for us, um, I was able to take ESOL classes in school, there was an immigrant nonprofit nearby to help us with all the legal paperwork. Um, we even had a medical translator when my sister had an emergency um, surgery. So it makes sense now, like with census data, particularly the 1990 census. Um, so my, the local government in my county knew that there were immigrants in the county and they had resources for us to adapt to um, the country. Um, I mean, if I think about it, if my parents were to pick another location and if there were no Vietnamese counted in the 1990 census, I may not even have the same resources. So we don't know where I would be today. So um, there are a lot of immigrant families like myself. So I think that they need to be represented in the 2020 census. Um, I mean, not having any sign of your existence when your grandkids are looking for you in 72 years, that's really sad. <laughs> so we do want to show them we will be living at this time. Um, yeah, so it's very important that new Americans um, know that they can truly make an impact in the community right away, just by participating in the census. Thank you. I, I think every, you know, a little bit of what everybody shared is um, the things that we take for granted are likely there because you are counted. And maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was mm -hmm. somebody from your community that filled out the census. But if it's not for you, do it for somebody else, right? So uh, many people who are listening, uh, we're a profession in the language. We've been lucky to attend certain schools. We have certain positions and privileges that we must accept and to uh, realize that just because we got ours does not mean that we no longer have an obligation to do what's right for other people. So um, even if you don't need in-language services, even if you uh, don't care about some of the resources that come as a result of this, um, please take four minutes. Um, and if you can beat my record of four minutes, let me know. I'll, I'll send you a prize. Um, we have uh, a few people in our household, so I had to click a few more buttons. But if you live by yourself, you can probably do it in like a minute. Um, you know, but it's it's literally minutes that can impact a decade of resource alignment and minutes that can impact lives for lifetime. So um, please do that. Um, and in, in typical Dear Asian Americans formats, uh, we want to wrap up the show uh, with a little bit of a, a message of love, hope, and inspiration and support to our Asian American friends. So 
Uh, for, for this, we'll go in the reverse order of Jenny, Kave, then Gloria. Um, but if you uh, could share anything you'd like with the Dear Asian American community and finish the letter, Dear Asian Americans. Okay. So, Dear Asian Americans, it is not too late to respond. Please fill out your census uh, before we send out census takers. Um, that's about mid-August. Um, please take the time to text three friends, um, talk to your elderly parents, grandparents to about fill the census and help them through it. And there are a lot of resources out there. Um, anyone can respond online by phone or by mail. So the census is easy, safe, and important. Let's throw it out, Asian Americans. Sorry about that. Okay, so dear Asian Americans, Mahalo and thank you. Growing up in Hawaii, I have a true appreciation for the many contributions Asian Americans have, have had on my life, personally and professionally. Um, to this day, there are several programs and organizations that are AAPI. Um, and as we continue to work together, thank you for never leaving us behind, for never leaving the NHPIs behind. I just wanna switch it up a little bit, Jerry, and just say, dear Native Point, Yes. Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders. So I hope that doesn't take up too much time, but um, it's our time to be seen, heard, and counted. So we have a voice, so let's use it. We have a story to tell, so let's tell it. Um, to all my Native Hawaiians, Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, Marshallese, Maori, Chamorro, Tahitian, Rawatongan, Palawan, and Pacific brothers and sisters, I encourage you and your families to get counted. Um, it's our time to make a difference and shape our future. All right, dear Asian Americans, from one Asian American to another, um, these are trying times in our country's history and so many of us are demanding to make ourselves known, make ourselves heard. The census is one of the many, or the census is one of the few ways in 2020 that you can do so. If you're not counted, you're not seen, your community is not seen, you don't get the programs and services that you deserve, that your communities deserve. Um, honestly, being counted is power for you, it's power for your family, and it's power for your community. So go to 2020census.gov and fill out your census today. Tell your friends, tell your family, as everybody has said, help your parents, help your family fill out their censuses. Thank you so much for all of your time and energy and attention on this matter. Um, look, before 2020 got weird, it was going to be a great <laughs> year for Asian Americans, right? Um, <laughs> You know, uh, Aquafina was kicking ass. Uh, I mean, we can't take credit for Pong Juno, but <laughs> we'll, 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 you know, we claim Parasite as our own. Um, it was finally seemingly so, and it still is in many ways, a, a time that Asian Americans across the world, or Asians across the world, um, were finally being seen and recognized for the contributions that we've made to the community. Um, this is a part of it. You can't do one without the other. Um, yes, go create the world, go create companies, go create jobs, go get that degree, do everything to make your parents proud, but um, participate in the system. Um, vote, volunteer for uh, campaigns, mm -hmm. um, do whatever. Um, we all have a little bit of extra time. And and we've all had the last 105 days, I think, um, at least in LA, <laughs> to spend a bit of extra time introspecting on what it means to be a human being, what it means to be 
an American and what it means to be a Asian American. Um, uh, you know, so it's time, I think, that we really put our uh, money where our mouth is. And again, this is um, just developing that muscle of doing what uh, we have a rightful obligation to do. And uh, this is fun. Um, it's really fun to talk about the things that um, really are important to us. Um, this show, this entire show and my project and my company is dedicated around uplifting our voices. And this is a part of it. It's not just enough for us to talk into a microphone and interview friends and share cool stories. Um, and it's not about making advertisements. It's not about hosting these dialogues. It's about then what comes from these conversations and what actions do we take. So um, I challenge everybody who's listening um, as, as a bare minimum, please make sure that you fill it out. Um, and even if you don't meet my beat my record, um, if you fill out the census and you haven't yet, uh, shoot me a note. We'll, we'll send something. The first person to say something, we'll, we'll, we'll get a prize. And checking on your parents, checking on your aunts and uncles. Um, you know, this is really, um, really important to me. I've learned a lot about the census process through my involvement here. Um, thank you for allowing the podcast, the Asian Americans and the Asian Podcast Network to work with the census and getting the word out to the community. Um, but in some ways, it's not us that is hard to reach. It's the people that are one degree removed from us. So it's through us, the privileged, um, the educated, and the accessible to then take our knowledge and to share it out with our parents and our hard to reach community members. So uh, Jenny, Kaveh, Gloria, thank you foremost for all the hard work that you're doing um, in these trying times, in these crazy times, um, all working from our home and, and our beautiful backgrounds um, <laughs> and, and, and to making sure that um, perhaps that you know, all this work is for not and all this work is really to make sure and not just for Asian Americans, but for all of our neighbors that we get the right resources. Um, I know we didn't spend a ton of time talking about it, but if you live in a small town, this you, you have, you know, this is important. Right. So and if you live in, you know, underserved areas, this is important. So please make sure to fill it out. It's not just about, you know, cultural or, you know, racial is issues and concerns, but it's for everybody. So. Um, if you have any questions about the census, please reach out to me. Please reach out to any of our panelists here. Um, mm -hmm. If you belong to an Asian American or HPI organization and you have some great ideas or access to underserved or undercounted groups and you want to propose a partnership to get the word out, um, there's still some time. And so if you want to host the conversations like the one we're having right now, um, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to make an introduction to our lovely panelists here because um, the work is never done. And there always is more people to talk to and there are always more conversations to have. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart uh, for joining us in this very important conversation. Um, to you, uh, a, a safer and happier and more fulfilling of 2020. Um, and it's not so hard to beat the first half of 2020. It's not been fun. But let's hope the second half, uh, we finish stronger in the second half, everybody. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to our conversation with the census. 2020census.gov is the website that you need to go to to fill it out. Hope you learned something about the census, why it's important, where our money goes, and why you should fill it out. So thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe and like to the podcast if you haven't already. Just search The Asian Americans across all podcast platforms. Follow and like us on social media channels at The Erased Americans on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And 
If there's anything you ever want to talk about, whether it's a topic for the show, or if you want to talk about anything that is going on, um, please do reach out. The DM inbox of the Asian Americans on Instagram is always open. You can send us an email as well. If you prefer that, it's hello at theareasianamericans.com, and I'll be sure to respond. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. Please be safe and please be healthy. And don't forget to smile. This has been your host, Jerry Wan, and I'll see you next time.